Hey there, I'm Jacob Harmon from JMH Media. Welcome to TrustCast. I am intrigued by trust. In fact, I find myself thinking about trust and building trust all the time. Our governments, economies, and even our personal lives are completely built on trust. Think about it. Trust is even at the very soul of our marketing objectives. If a customer trusts us, they're more willing to buy from us. So how do we build trust with customers at scale? Especially when we live in an increasingly digital world where consumers are less trusting than ever. On this podcast, we break through the noise and focus on the ultimate keystone metric that matters. Our primary objective, trust. Welcome back to another episode of TrustCast. I'm excited today because I have Dalton Jensen. And one of the cool things about Dalton is I consider him a friend and we've only met once before. I went to his house and we recorded a podcast together. But after that one interaction, I really do genuinely consider Dalton to be one of my good friends. So welcome to the show, Dalton. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. We killed it on that podcast. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I I like to dive into that a little bit in this podcast episode because I feel like a lot of people feel that way about you, and I think you're kind of the master trust builder. <laughs> we both belong to a Facebook group that is basically a local business networking group, and I swear yeah. everyone in that group knows who Dalton is. He's just yeah, really we- good at networking and, and building trust, so I, I appreciate that about you, man. Yeah, I really like that group, too. I found it uh, by accident, thankfully, and it's been a lot of fun, dude. We just get to know people. I want to dive into that just a little bit. I guess before we even start into anything else, um, how you can use Facebook groups or any social media, actually, to build trust. What are some of your strategies when it comes to that? Well, I think my first strategy is just coming from a place of genuine like care. Um, Mm -hmm. one of my big things for that, that I've learned from tons of different people in the social media platform in that social media kind of marketers and gurus is, you know, just giving a lot of stuff away for free. Like my ideas, like aren't my original ideas and you know, I'm not married to anything that I give away. So for me, the first place it starts is from that, that place of, I genuinely want people to win. Um, and I know that there's, you know, I don't believe in scarcity. So it, when someone else wins, it doesn't mean that I don't win. And I think when people start from that kind of, uh, mindset, you can start to build a lot of trust because people understand, like, you know, because people genuinely believe that, like, hey, I, I want you to win and you winning doesn't mean that I don't win. Uh, and then I think the second thing is coming from a place of truth. So offering a lot of good quality, like, hey, this is what I would do. You know, if somebody's starting a business and they're like, hey, uh, my product's for everybody, you know, I'll have a hard conversation with them or I'll try to make the comment that I that I say as nice as I can. But, you know, you can't cater to everybody, right? Not even not even Amazon caters to everybody. You know, they, they have a specific group. And one thing that trust does is you you create new customers, right? You pull people into a demographic that you want them to be into. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but that's, that, those are the two things, you know, I start with like genuinely wanting everybody to win. And then I just come from a place of truth. 
And do you feel like that genuine care and wanting other people to win, is that just an innate attribute that you have? Or is there a way that people can develop that if, if that's not something that they have? I think that anybody can develop that. I definitely think I had to learn it, you know, because it's hard, right? You have a podcast and I have a podcast. Um, and some people can kind of see that as competition, but I had to learn, you know, my sales career helped me learn that first of all, like if, if somebody else wins, right? So in sales, a lot of times people in business, people will be like, I need people who are competitive. Well, I don't really believe that competitive in the sense of like a sports analogy, right? Because I believe, that if I don't play defense, I'm not really competing. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. and what I mean by defense is like, you know, when, when we play a sport or something like that, um, or when you're in, you know, band competitions or whatever your whatever kind of competition you're in, you're playing defense. You know, there's always a way to stop somebody else from scoring, but in business, you don't want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to, and, and especially if like you're on a sales team and you know, you're on the sales floor, like you don't want to, actively be trying to diminish someone else's rewards. Does that make sense? Or like progress. So for me, like I'm not competitive. I genuinely want people to win. And I think it comes from the fact that I, I genuinely believe that when other people succeed, like I succeed and that things just come back to me. Um, and it takes a long time for things to come back to you. And some people may never, you know, it may never come back to you the way you think it will. But I believe that as you do the right things because of the right things, and as you approach business from not necessarily a competitive standpoint, but from like, I want, I want to win and I want everybody else to win with me. Uh, then I think you can develop that mindset, like the scarcity mindset. A lot of people think that like, if somebody listens to your podcast, they're not going to listen to mine. And like, yeah. obviously that's not true. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I I don't know historically like why this is the case, but I feel like this is a relatively new thing in business. A lot of kind of the older business mentalities were very much of a competition and let's see what our competitors are doing and, and how can we stifle them and how can we grow? And if someone else is growing, then we can't grow. And, but I feel like there's just, (laughs) I don't know. There's too much to go around. Like as a website designer, I don't, care i don't care at all if somebody else builds your website like yeah yeah i'm like as long as you've got an awesome website man that's amazing i love that because here's the thing i'm as busy as i can be anyways like obviously i could scale i can grow my team i can i can probably do a little bit more to be able to take on more Mm. but but right now i'm busy like I probably couldn't take on a whole lot more clients if, even if I had them. And so I think having that abundance mindset is, yeah. is really important in business and just being willing to say, Hey, there's enough business for everyone. There's enough business to mm-hmm. go around. Yeah. Well, I think it's part of that psychology of business and of sales, right? And of, of marketing, you know, when people feel like, um, you know, I call it cause I've heard it called this before, but I, I call it commission breath. Right. And, and people can, and people can smell it. Like when you want it too bad or when you're, you know what I mean? When people, but you can feel it like, and it might not be a salesman, although that's like the, the main analogy that we use, right? But businesses, right? You know, you can tell when someone's trying too hard. It just puts you on the defensive a little bit, right? When someone's trying too hard. So if you come in from this mindset, that's like, Hey, look, 
you know, I, I have this product to offer. If you, you know, I believe here X, Y, and Z, here's why, you know, I believe that, you know, highlighting your differences is important um, because where there's no difference, there can be no preference, but, but highlighting the differences, genuinely wanting your customer to succeed builds trust right there. I mean, that's, th- that's a big part. I, I tell this to people all the time, you know, find a marketing plan or a business plan or a sales plan that really develops customer needs. So you ask them a lot of questions um, because when somebody feels like you're pitching them, like a pitch is when I don't know anything about you and I'm trying to sell you something. Uh, sales is when I, I know what you want. I know your situation. I'm trying to work with you and teach you. And then we can come to an agreement, right? Mm-hmm. I had an interview with a sales expert a, a couple weeks ago, and we talked about that. And I've used this analogy before on the podcast, but um, mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And the one thing I hate about that platform is the fact that random people that have never met me before, they've never talked yeah. to me before, come on, and they just throw me a sales pitch. Yeah, and they're... sometimes it's even a product I would have been interested in. <laughs> but I'm not interested in their sales tactics, so I absolutely yeah. am not going to engage in it. Right. <laughs> what I'd much rather is connect with me, start talking to me, get to know me, like connect yeah. with me on a human level. Yeah. And then eventually I'm probably going to be the one to ask you, Hey, what do you do? And at that point I'm, I'm more than willing to maybe purchase from you. And so oh, cool. it's all about just, it's, it's being a good person, right? Just yeah, being, yeah, yeah, yeah. being genuinely well, interested. Do, yeah. You got to do it all too. Like I'm the same way as you, like I've actually, so I've had pitches where they're like, I'm like, wow, that was really good. You know, cause I'm a sales <laughs> guy and I'm like, I can appreciate like, that was good. All right. I'll yeah. listen to you. But I've had other ones where I'm like, dude, you have no idea. I hate the ones where they, they think that I am like a decision maker in my business. Hmm. All you would have had to do is ask me and I would have been like, no, that's not me, but I'll point you in the right direction. But you know, you didn't even like, Hey, are you the person I'm supposed to be talking? You know, but like those questions, right? Like, Hey, I don't want to waste your time. Are you the person I'm supposed to be talking to? Right. I'd be like, no, but I know who, but you didn't even ask me. Right. <laughs> and so questions build authentic trust and questions build authentic urgency as well. Ooh. I love that. Ask more questions. Like you can never <laughs> you should, go wrong. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Okay. And on this same vein of kind of the abundancy mindset versus the scarcity mindset, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about competition and mm-hmm. how competition actually improves innovation. Uh, I worked for Apple for a while and I wasn't like a product person at Apple in, in any means. I was in a more of a marketing role, but a lot of times, like if a competitor to Apple would come out with some cool feature, uh, <laughs> I'd have family and friends yeah. reach out to me and be like, yo, dude, like Samsung came out with this. Apple's dumb. And I would always say, well, that's amazing. Like, I'm so happy that another person, a competitor is creating this amazing feature. Why? Because that's going to encourage Apple to have to compete on that. And so I actually don't see a competitor doing something well as a problem. In fact, I say that's, that's the power of, of the capitalist mindset and of, of competition in, in our economy is it just Mm -hmm. improves innovation across the board. So what are your thoughts on that and on competition? Do you think competition is a healthy thing? Yeah, I I totally think competition is a healthy thing. Well, it keeps you on your toes. Just like you said, you know, it's a chance for us to, really figure out what we want to do and who you want to be. So like, yeah, you know, but here's the cool thing since, you know, I'll stay with like the Apple 
you know, uh, analogy, right? They, they build like, they built an impressive brand, you know, and that's something that you can't, that's something that's really hard to compete with. So you create these extra features and so, and it pulls people because I love these features, but man, there's something so powerful about a brand. And like people mm-hmm. try, and you trust Apple, you like Apple, you like, uh, right. I used to work for Honda and Honda was kind of the same way, right? Really good car, really good stuff. And they would have, they would be, you know, two or three years, four years behind some other manufacturers on technology, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't really hurt you. It didn't really hurt Honda because we had a brand, man. I'd be like, yeah, you know, you could, you, I was, I'd be like, you know, you could go buy, whatever and get the cool features and i think you should if you like it right but if you want honda if you want what you've always wanted you know what i mean if you want why you love honda then then you'll come back and most of the time people came back and and if we lose some people sure but again like not that big of a deal because Mm -hmm. because if you love what you do and if you have a brand that you can stand behind that's all right dude and people always come back that's the other thing is like maybe maybe i don't use you on a web design this time but I can come back. You know what I mean? But if, but if we have that relationship, like I used to tell people all the time, like that's not the only car they're going to buy. That's not the only machine they're ever going to buy. That's not the only software they're ever going to buy. Like there's always another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it almost sounds like, I mean, we just need yeah. to, to not care so much. Here's what I tell people when, when we talk about sales and when we talk about business and when we talk about clients, look, it's, it's just like, when you're in the the dating scene or when you're in, when you're trying to find something, uh, uh, trying to find a business partner or something like that, you don't go to the business partner or, or a partner that, you know, you want to date um, if they don't have some confidence, you know what I mean? Like there's, and obviously, okay, look, obviously there's exceptions to every rule. All right. I'm not saying that, but you know what? But what I am saying is like, it's a psychology thing. Like if you came up to me, like I'm a pretty big guy, like I got a beard, I'm big and I'm bald. Right. Um, (laughs) And so if you saw, you know, if you saw me, you might not come up to me right away, but people are attracted to confidence. And so what I tell people is like, if you're confident and you're relaxed, that's a real quick way to gaining trust. Right. And so just be confident, like, ah, just, you know, I, I always use this term, but it's funny for me. Like, if you want to be a really good salesman, you need to get some gangster attitudes. Like, I don't care. I will find a way to get paid regardless of what happens, right? And when you have that kind of confidence that, like, no one thing can bother me, like, no one thing can kill my uh, attitude, you're going to attract a lot more people because they're like, oh, okay, Right. Because if somebody feels like you've got something to lose and they're the person that can, you know, you've got something to lose and, and now I'm going after you to get it or whatever, like that'll scare people away. But if you're confident and you're like, look, man, you can buy from him, you can buy from him. But either way, I'm going to get my money. Either way, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my customer service. Either way, right? Then people mm-hmm. will, then that is attractive. A hundred percent. And I was actually having a conversation. It was a little, it was probably a couple months ago at this point, um, with some of the people that I'm working on this podcast with. And we were just talking about the brand values of, of my company and JMH Media and who we wanted to be. And the conversation came up that we don't want to be desperate. And 
I, I thought that was really interesting. We don't ever want to go into a sales call like being desperate because yeah. if if you're desperate or if you if you need that other person to buy from you, then the negotiation is also going to go way downhill because you're gonna yeah. you're gonna let them run all over you because you're the one that yep. needs them. But if at yep. the end of the day, like you're saying, you're confident and you say this is the value we can provide to you and mm-hmm. this is what it's worth and even if you don't buy from us today, that's okay. Like you said, we're going to get our money anyway. We're going to find some other yeah, people. Yeah, I'm going to find somebody, right? Yeah. that People like that confidence. So, yeah, yeah super interesting. They really do. Well, that, that that selling desperate, that's what I call it. That's commission breath, right? Please buy from me. Please buy from me. Like, no, yeah. no something is wrong then, right? And uh, and I read in a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. If, if you haven't read that one, somebody you should read it. I haven't, that's so I'll have great. to read it. Dude, that's a great one. But one of his main points, there's a lot of in that book, but one of the ones that I always remember is if, is if you can't say no, it's a bad deal. Hmm. So like if I approach a negotiation with you and I'm selling you something and I can't say no, it's going to be a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be think- able to say no. I think you need to be able to practice saying no to um, in business and, <laughs> and also in your personal life. I think your personal life is a great place to practice saying no. Um, yeah. Because at, at the end of the day, like it, it, there's going to come a point in your life where you have to prioritize things and you yeah. have to say, this is more important than this. Um, X is more important than Y. And so you have to be willing to make those decisions and, and stick to them. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's it. So how does that relate to trust, right? People trust people who have boundaries, right? And if you, and if you can set good boundaries in your business, they're like, Hey, look, we know what we're worth. And, and are we willing to negotiate? We're willing to negotiate, but I'm also willing to say no and walk away. And you know what I mean? So we help people, but we also know what we're worth. And that's, and that's a good lesson for, gosh, dude, that's a good lesson for life. (laughs) <laughs> you I know, it, man. like second yeah. boundaries and people will trust you. They know you won't Love blow it. with every wind that comes along. Yeah. And it, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive. I think our yeah, natural yeah. inclination is to think that it's the opposite to think, Oh, I have to bend over backwards to accommodate this person so that yeah. they'll like me or so that they'll trust me. And yeah. yeah, there's a point where like you have to be willing to give like we've already talked about, but at yeah. the same time, people are attracted to people who take care of themselves. And if you yeah. aren't, if, if you're letting other people run over you or you're bending over backwards at every other, every pr- other person, then yeah. that's, that's not the type yeah, of person that's going to build trust. Well, and people think that there's something wrong. Like if they're trying that hard to sell something, like, should I really buy it? <laughs> you know, one of the 48 laws of power that Robert Green talks about in his book, the 48 laws of power is talk less. And, and you can definitely, talk your way out of a deal and it's and it's when you start being desperate huh very interesting (laughs) that book that book's you got to be careful with that book but there's a few nuggets that you can get from it that are cool (laughs) (laughs) well i haven't read that one either so i i'm just kind of building my book list as i'm talking to you dalton (laughs) it's good man i like that one okay i'll have to look into that one too um I'd, i'd like to talk a little bit about your podcast because i think you're doing something very unique with your podcast. And the reason I say that is because the people that have been guests on your show are like super advocates of your show. 
And (laughs) like I said, I, I, I reached out in this Facebook group and said, Hey, like I need some, I need some podcast guests. And everyone was tagging you. They were like, Oh, talk to Dalton, talk to Dalton, talk to Dalton. (laughs) And I was like, dude, Dalton's doing something right. Like with this podcast, because everybody who comes off of it is, is your biggest fan and your biggest advocate. So, um, let's talk a bit, a little bit about your show. What, what's your show? What's its purpose? And then maybe let's talk a little bit about what you're doing to, to build this trust with your guests. Yeah. The show is, and this is what I was talking about earlier, but the show is only to help to only to have small business owners come on and share their story. Um, when the pandemic hit, I knew that there were small businesses who were going to cut their marketing budget because, that's just what you do. And, and for good or for better, or for worse, that's what, that's what they did. And so I brought them on so that they could tell their story so that they could have a good place to get, you know, to tell the whole story too, right? Like brand building a brand is good and you can build a brand in short segments and, and people should, but there's also a cool place uh, where people will sit down and they'll listen to a 45 minute, an hour long podcast. Um, and that's what I wanted to bring to people. I just help people. I just want people to succeed. I, I want the small businesses to make it. I love supporting local people. I obviously I shop at Walmart and Amazon, <laughs> right? But um, but I also like to shop with small businesses because it means something. And when you can have other people succeed, like people trust you. Like, have I benefited from my podcast? Of course, but other people have benefited just as much or more than me. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what matters. And and so I'll never try to be like, you know, I, I do all this stuff uh, for free or whatever. But but when the tide rises, the bo- all the boats rise. And that's what mm-hmm. I was looking to do. I love that so much. I think that content marketing is is such a powerful thing. And podcasting, I'm I'm an a huge advocate of podcasting. I think yeah. every business should have a podcast. Right. And, and that's to market their business. I think the problem that a lot of podcasts have is they go into it with that mindset that this is to grow yeah. my business and this is to be yeah. a marketing tool. And this is, this is an yeah. asset, which it is. But yeah. I think if you yeah. have that mindset, it won't be as effective because its purpose isn't to help, isn't to rise right. the tide. Like you were saying, right? Well, and that's what, and that's what people, that's what we like, dude. You know what I mean? Because I just feel like at the end of the day, this podcast, you know, if something happened and I couldn't publish another episode and let's say even all of my episodes were taken offline, my relationships that I have with the people that I met will always be there. And those are more valuable than anything else because there's that there's that recip- law of reciprocity, right? Like mm. that, I, you know. Um, so I'll say two things about the law of reciprocity. The law of reciprocity is like uh, things like because statements. Like uh, they did that study where they cut in line. They asked people to cut in line of the copier, and they were, the the people who didn't have a reason weren't allowed in front. But the reason was as simple as like can I cut in line because I need to meet a deadline? People were 75% more likely to get in front of the line, right? Interesting. Okay. It's a, it's a give and take thing. The second thing I'll say about the law of reciprocity is that's not why you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I believe in doing the right thing just because it's the right thing and things come back and people return favors and people love you back. That just inevitably happens. But if you start with, I'm going to do this 
with no expectation of anything in return, you're going to be a lot happier and you're going to be so much more happier when the love comes back your way. So that's what I, that's what I think. But why do people, why does the love come back? Because you did it from with the right intention. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and people see through you. Like if you yeah. don't have those right intentions and, and this goes back, I, I mean, we've said this multiple times already, but that breath, but you're right. right. Like, but they know. You can smell it in my own Interesting. Okay. So we, <laughs> we go into this with a good attitude to actually help people and yeah. then, but the yeah. benefits do come. And so I would like to talk about those benefits, even though yeah. I, I think it's important that we yeah. made it clear that that's not the reason we do it. Um, sure. but what benefits have you seen from your podcast? I know that you have a CBD mm-hmm. company. Um, have, have you seen leads coming into that or, or yeah. what, what are the benefits that you've seen from your yeah, well, podcast? I started the podcast so that I could plug my CBD business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I did it for. Like every episode is sponsored by happiest. Um, so that's a benefit. The benefit is I, you know, here's, a, I'll tell you the craziest story. Okay. I interviewed oh, I <laughs> um, local here in Utah. There's a, a restaurant chain called Mobetas, Hawaiian style food. Uh, I love Mobetas. Like I'm Hawaiian. That's my jam. I love every Hawaiian restaurant that I can find. I will though tell you that the co-founder of Mobetas. So it was founded by two brothers, Kimo Mac and Kalani Mac. I got to interview Chemo Mac and they're, they're doing very well. They just opened their, they're on their 16th or 17th restaurant wow. started in Bountiful, Utah in 2008, right before the crash during the crash. He's doing very well. And the smartest business dude you'll ever meet in your life. And here's the benefit that, that I got from podcasting. That dude is Chemo Mac is the nicest man in the world. Um, but think about getting a lunch with Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett. In fact, a lunch with Warren Buffett Jill, was just auctioned off last year for $4.5 million. That's how much wow. someone paid to have lunch with Warren Buffett. And I'm telling you and, and everybody who's listening that there are people next door to you who live the life you want to live, who make the money you want to make, and who will sit down with you and give you all the info you need. Chemo Max spent two hours with me on, on my podcast and gave me millions of dollars worth of nuggets yeah, and info. And I just invited him to be on a podcast. And I mean, and I mean, obviously I'll go back and say, Chemo Max, the nicest dude you'll ever meet. But, and his restaurant is the bomb. Right? Mo Betas is the bomb. He, he did something right. But what I'm saying is what I benefited from and what I want other people to know is that there's somebody right next door that's making the money you want to make, that's living the life you want to live, and they will go and eat lunch with you and you can, and let them pick your brain, right? You might have to pay for the lunch, but it's probably not going to be $4.5 million. If yeah. you even get, and that's, by the way, that's if you even got to have lunch with Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos or any of these guys, right? So the biggest benefit is sitting down with all these amazing business owners and learning from them. And then I get that because I just invited them on a podcast and we just talked and I get to use all of that in my personal life. That's, that's probably the biggest benefit. I love it, man. Yeah. It's, it's a networking tool. It's a tool to, yeah, to get, get to, to meet, meet people. people and provide once again, we're coming back, back around full circle to provide value. Right. And it's, yeah, and try. it's amazing. One last thing on that note is just don't be afraid to ask people get confident 
have something that you can offer. For me, it was like a podcast. That was it. Uh, you know what I mean? Anybody can start a podcast. You know, yeah. we should go to you if they have questions about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, feel free to, to let me know if you have questions about podcasting. I'm happy to help. But yes, um, <laughs> I, I agree. And that's one of the things since starting this podcast and also the podcast that I had before. This is my second podcast. But yeah. I've been amazed at how willing people are to come on podcast interviews. Like I thought that was going to be hard. I thought finding guests was going to be one of my issues. It has not been an issue. And the only time it has been an issue is if I've been lazy and haven't been (laughs) staying on top of it. And then I have to say, okay, I need an interview this weekend, which is what I just did. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. I love it though. (laughs) But like, it's so easy to fill your schedule because so many people want to provide that value so many people are just chomping at the bit to jump on an interview with someone and Mm -hmm. tell them all their secrets which is so interesting to me well yeah listen right interesting people are interested Uh that's it people who if if you want to build trust with somebody be interested that's it man like did you ever hear about that that um and i by the way i tried this and it and it freaking works but again (laughs) in, in this never split the difference book this guy goes to a party and he uses this technique called mirroring. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when you go, somebody says, uh, you know, just for example, right. Um, man, I really love basketball. And you go, you really love basketball. And they tell you more. Right. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I love it because I, I score a lot of points and I love being on my team. You love being on your team. And they tell you more about the team. Right. <laughs> and this guy had a whole conversation and never said one word other than he, he didn't say anything except ask, Two or three questions. The guy left the the conversation. He's like, "Wow, that guy is amazing. I'll, that guy is like, he's so fun to talk to. He's so interesting, right?" And he was like, "Dude, I asked five questions, and I didn't even ask. They weren't even like original questions. They were just me mirroring, right?" But, if, but people like to talk about themselves, and that's a good thing, by the way. That's a great thing. You like talking about yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Try not the tactic. <laughs> you know, but, you, but it's, you know, it's that give and take, you know, when it's the time for me to talk about myself, I love it. But when it's the time for me to listen and ask questions, I listen and ask questions. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and people, <laughs> people love people who are interested in them yeah. and who want yeah. to listen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great technique and you don't have to be special. Like it's not a Jedi mind trick. You don't have to go to college to learn it. Right. All you got to do is like, and, and by the way, it's a really powerful, if we're talking about business and stuff, sales, it's a really powerful negotiating tool. If you don't know what to say, ask them a question, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, the, the price is too high. You pause. The price is too high. They'll tell you, (laughs) they'll tell you, tell you, I promise. (laughs) Well, 40 grand It's 40 grand. Yeah. (laughs) So really, it's all just, I I think the theme of this podcast, for me at least, has really been be interested in people and be interested in providing value to people and doing it for the right reasons because you actually care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Amy Cuddy is a is a Harvard psychologist, Harvard professor. She wrote a book called Presence where, and she actually, like the whole thing that she studies is trust in people. I have someone to reach out to to be on the show then. Yeah, 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 dude. I mean, dude, she's, I mean, Amy Cuddy's great. She wrote a book called Presence. She's a Harvard professor, but she did a study and um, 
she said, people measure trust off of two things, um, two questions, right? I forgot the specific words she uses, but I remember the questions. Uh, do they care and can they help me, right? Care and, I remember the words, care and competence. So do that, do they know? So in order for us to trust somebody, like they got to know that we care, like genuinely that we want the best for them, right? So do you care? And then the next part of trust is, do they actually know what they're saying, right? Do they know what they're talking about? Because uh-huh. that's the other thing, like this guy actually cares, but he can't help me. I love mm-hmm. that you care, but I need somebody who can actually get stuff done. And when they rated those things, so so you have two of them, right? And you can't be 50-50. They rated care over competence by a little bit. So So people care more about if you care. You can get away with not knowing as much as somebody else if you care more. Mm-hmm. But you still have to have a little bit of both, right? You do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't be like, oh, yeah, I want to help you. I have no clue how to help you, but I I want you to succeed. Well, then yeah. I love you, bud, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's like my mom, right? Like, I know she yeah. cares about me. I know she loves me. Is she the best business person in the world? Probably not. Probably like, not. Okay. But 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 I still love her, you know. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I'm not going to necessarily trust her with running my business. Um Exactly. And that's but, exactly right. But there are other people who care about me genuinely mm-hmm. and show me yep. that they care, but then they also have that competency. And they, um yeah, yeah, no. Fascinating. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That book was on body language, but she but she talked about how body language you know, was connected to trust and then how your body language before people see you, they can tell if you care and if you know, but, and that's part of confidence. Anyway, that's a good one. I like that. Very interesting. Cool. Well, before we kind of wrap things up a little bit, Dalton, is there anything related to trust or brand loyalty or marketing that we have not touched on that you'd like to like to rant about a little bit? No, I think we've hit everything on the head. I just think that, you know, um, I know that there's, I think one of the most, not one of the most, but, it, you know, when somebody says, like, if I can do it, anybody can do it, I get pretty skeptical of that. But I genuinely want people to know that um, you won't be good at it right away, but you can get there, you know? And if you got a good coach and if you got a good team, like, you can learn how to do these things if you want to learn how to do these things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dalton. I'm going to point everyone over to your podcast. It's a great podcast. If you just want to hear stories of startup entrepreneurs or small businesses, Um, it's called The Thinking Project. Since you're probably listening to this in a podcast app right now, (laughs) just click on the search button and type The Thinking Project and you'll find Dalton's podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to plug, Dalton, Any, any place we should send people? If they want to join the group, there's a thinking project group. But other than that, man, I appreciate your time and I love talking with you. And I'll add that Dalton does a great job on that group, guys. He asks genuine questions. It's not just a Facebook group where he's promoting his podcast. Like he, he has some engaging questions in that group. So if you want to think a little more, uh, it's a good place to hang out. So yes, sir. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dalton. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TrustCast. This podcast has been a production of JMH Media. I'm Jacob Harmon, and I've been your host. The TrustCast podcast team consists of Josh Harmon and Steve Hill. I really couldn't do this without them. Music licensing comes thanks to Epidemic Sound. And if you've liked what you've heard, we invite you to subscribe to TrustCast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help. 
Join us next time as we continue to break through the noise by building real human connections and trust in business. See you then.